2: Shine, football fans, welcome to Morning Footy. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor. Charlie Davies is back. Alexis Guerreros is here. We've got Stefano Fusaro in for some headlines. Hi, Chuck. How's it going? Welcome back. How was Miami? It was good. (laughs) No, it was great. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, It was the final day of group stage in Champions League. Yesterday, let's take a look at the results, and there were some uh, some juicy ones. Group mm. F, group of deaf. We're gonna dive into that in just a moment. But Dortmund and PSG get the one-one draw. Uh, AC Milan two-one over Newcastle United at Saint James's Park. Uh, how about Antwerp? Yeah, that's
3: the one. Three, Unbelievable. two. If, Bro, if, you're, looking at, if you're looking at all these Over scores, Barcelona. you go, wait, what? what? Antwerp, that they're was still head, there? That was Antwerp. a head spreader. Mark Van Bommel on the side, like, yeah. 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 I told you we
4: got that work. The, the two nuggets from this game, Antwerp had played one Champions League campaign in the 50s against Real Madrid. Let me get it exactly right what year it was. In 1957, they played in the first round of the Champions League campaign. Yeah. It was the European Cup. They, beat, they lost to Real Madrid, and then they never played the European Cup or the Champions League again up until this season, in which in the first five match days, they lost every single game. So they were yet to pick up a point, and they beat Barcelona. Not only that, Mark Van Bommel, who had coached in the Champions League, former Barcelona player, had coached in the Champions League with Wolfsburg and with PSV, and these five games with Antwerp, was winless in 14 games. That is a record for a manager and he won against his former team, Barcelona. That is And not only that, it forces Barcelona
3: to be second in the group. No, no it does not.
4: <laughs> Porto is, is I second. thought Porto got first. No, Barcelona holds the head-to-head over Porto. <laughs> it, it had Shakhtar won, Shakhtar would have gone through as first place, but Porto is second place. <laughs> All right. No,
0: it's not.
2: Let's talk about Group F. Yes. Let's move along to Group F. Let's get to the group, group F. of death. That was the big story yesterday because there was a whole lot at stake. We're um, Newcastle
0: qualified, We're <laughs> top of the group. Top of the group. Actually, Royal Antwerp was top of this group. They
2: did it. Uh. But the thing is, they did it. We knew Dortmund was already through, but we didn't know how uh, the placing was going to be. But they end up topping the group PSG. They get the 1-1 draw with Dortmund. So they are moving on. Um, AC Milan beat Newcastle at St. James's Park 2-1. So they will be playing uh, in Europa League, but Newcastle. Sad days, sad, sad days for Newcastle. Mm. Um, where do we want to start? Do we want to chat with about PSG, the team? Because that's we weren't sure who else was going to be joining Dortmund out of this group of death, and it ended up being PSG who did enough. They had so many chances in this game too. I feel like there was mm. just goals to be had. I, I, after your XG segment, mm. I looked at, I was looking at their XG. I kept checking in to see, and it was it was very high. Beautiful.
3: I mean, PSG were wasteful at the end of the day. I mean, the, the goal line clearance from Sule was phenomenal. Um, you, you thought that PSG were going to start pouring it on in the first half, but they couldn't get going. Dortmund, again, we, we've we talked about Dortmund not looking great, but they were just resilient, and they, they were focused on the defensive effort. Mm-hmm. They stuck with it in the second half. They started to get going. The game opened up a little bit more, but you look at this PSG side and you say, this isn't a team that I feel can
4: win it. Uh, it was unbelievable, first of all, from the Dortmund perspective, that they played such a high line, and it's almost like they prefer to be going back and forth against PSG, which is suicide because you've got Niklas Sula and Mats homos that you need him to do goal line clearances like that, and, and Homo's backtracking. They don't have the speed to keep no, up with PSG, but not. PSG wasn't clinical enough. The crazy part about PSG, they were playing with fire, the entire game. At one point, they had dropped out of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And they were in third place. Newcastle Wait, You had a, t- into a brilliant tweet place. yesterday yeah, during so it. PSG started second, yeah. were third, they were out, <laughs> and finished second. Dortmund, excuse me, uh, Milan finished fourth, mm-hmm. were a Dortmund goal away from being second, and finished third. Newcastle fin- started fourth, was second finished third. So the dynamic of the group was crazy. And, and, and honestly, the most insane part was in the last like seven to eight minutes of the Dortmund PSG game when it was 1-1, someone told Luis Enrique that Milan is winning in Newcastle. So they knew that they didn't have to put the pedal on, on, on the gas mm. because it was the difference between finishing first, going out and attacking. And if you conceded, you would have been out of the Champions League. So how much do you risk? And clearly they didn't want to risk Mm -hmm. whatsoever a Champions League spot. So they were playing with that fire that should we push on and try to get that first place spot and beat Dortmund? Risking, we concede, and Milan goes into Champions League. That was was a really fun dynamic to finish the group. I will say this
0: about PSG. If you think back to the first match week of Champions League, they got completely bodied. The, you know, the image of Mbappe looking completely lost at St. James Park. This is a different PSG from there. I agree with you. I don't think they have what it takes to win it. But from where we thought they were at the beginning of the season, so many question marks about whether this team can come together, whether Luis Enrique was the right hire. They seem like they're starting to form themselves into a bit more of a team now. And I can see them getting past the first round. You know the the round of 16. I can see them getting that, but winning, I'm not sure. But at least this is a different club than what we saw the first mm-hmm. uh, first match week.
2: Uh, let's chat a little bit about that Newcastle uh, AC Milan mm-hmm. match because Christian Pulisic uh, ends up scoring for AC Milan. He is now, I believe, he's scored for three different clubs in the, in the Champions only The only American oh, wow. to, to do that for Dortmund, Set. Chelsea, and now AC Milan. And I mean we had chatted with Anita yesterday about the state of Newcastle and kind of all of the the injuries and just how exhausted they have looked recently. And I you know they scored first and I just you just had a feeling, I don't I I didn't think that they were going to be able to hold on to that lead. No. I thought I- perhaps the crowd could help. I don't know, they could sort of channel that energy, but AC Milan, to their credit, they came out really strong in the second half.
3: And you, you have to love what Pioli did in terms of making those changes, taking Christian Pulisic off, which I thought, you know, pre-match, we had Thierry Henry, Michael Richards, Jimmy Carragher talking about Milan and the difference makers. They didn't mention Christian Pulisic. Mm. I, I took notice of that because mm. this is a player who's, who's really helped Milan in terms of creating goals, scoring goals, being a, a, a presence in the attacking third. And, they didn't say he had to have any sort of game in this match. He comes up with that big goal. Uh, of course, it was a tap-in, but he put himself in that position. I don't think he had the strongest match. I thought Yunus Musa was actually very, very good. Yunus I mean, was great. Um, but Pioli made those, those changes, the substitutions, being Chukwezeon mm-hmm. and Okafor, and those were the difference makers, even Luka Jovic. So... That's what kind of gave them that extra boost Mm -hmm. in the attacking third, a little bit more pace, quickness, and Chuquese with the the deciding
2: What did you make of Eddie Howe's substitutions? Because he took off Anthony and and Trippier and brought in Dan Byrne Mm. and Longstaff. They were coming off of injuries, and I I know that those were the two guys that were were heroes against PSG, and I I felt like it was an emotional, decision rather than maybe a, a, a tactical one, um, but for me, that was, I mean, it just kind of, it, it, it didn't pay dividends at all for, for Newcastle, and I questioned that decision. The thing with,
4: with Trippier, when Trippier gets tired, and because this team is tired, he doesn't play well. Yeah. We saw him against Spurs. We saw the balls that he gives away. So what he did <clears throat> was bring in Livermanto to the right-hand side and put Byrne on the left, because slowly you're starting to get a mismatch against an explosive Rafa Leao against Kieran Trippier. So you ju- I imagine what he was thinking is that he wanted to reinforce that right-hand side, just yeah. bolster it with Livermento. I think he's very underrated, I really like Livermento. Um, so that's where I think his head was at.
2: Mm-hmm. Ah, the place went, went eerily quiet.
3: Well, you just have so many injuries yeah. for Newcastle. Trippier now is on that list. of of injuries so it it, you you know you're you're thinking about what could have done and I think Eddie Howe in that situation said we can lock it down Mm -hmm. and get a result right and sometimes that works but we've seen now in instances coaches go to that defensive shift Mm. thinking that they can adjust and hold on and it backfires.
2: The dream is over for Newcastle. Newcastle and Manchester United both finishing at the bottom of their groups. Completely Mm -hmm. out of Europe. Yikes. Crazy. Yikes. Um, All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break. Guillaume Balagay is going to join us when we return. Stick around, everyone. We'll be right back.
1: It's only a kick, a jump, a
0: block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion, BlueNile.com.
2: Welcome back. Yesterday wrapped up Champions League group stage play. Here's a look at the teams that will be moving on to the round of 16. In uh, pot one, we have all the group winners and in pot two, those are the teams that play second in the group. Mmm, this is gonna be fun. Very excited for the draw next week to see who will be playing who. Mm. Uh, for more on some of yesterday's results, we are very excited to bring in our good friend Guillaume Balagay. Guillaume, where are where are you? Because you're always on the go, so you looks like you might be in an airport. Where are you right now?
5: This is Porto. Porto. I think. <laughs> you think? <Yeah. laughs> I'll be leaving Porto in about, uh, well, the hotel. I'm in the hotel in 15 minutes, and uh, heading back to uh, to Barcelona for um, for a little break home. They won't recognize me.
4: Wow. You're gonna be driving to Barcelona, I heard. Driving to Barcelona? No. Yeah.
3: It's only like six hours.
5: You've done that before. It's a very long six hours, probably more like 12 hours.
3: Yeah, no thanks. Nah. Not, okay. n- not, not interesting. Hard in pass. That. Hard. That's a hard pass. Since okay. you said Barcelona, let's, let's talk about Barcelona. Losing to Royal Antwerp. I know they've already qualified, but it, the fans can't be too happy about Xavi and, and Barcelona's
4: progress. But, but it's
3: a team in construction, according to
4: Xavi. Right, Guilherme? It's, it's a team in construction.
5: You didn't understand his words. What he meant was, like, every team kind of builds up that's been in construction, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> message now, Xavi, is not uh, followed by most people, not believed by most people inside and outside the, um, the club. And there's a bunch of reasons for it. It wasn't just any defeat what happened yesterday. It was a defeat on the back of the Girona defeat at home. And a bad defeat. They conceded seven goals in the last uh, two games. And all of a sudden... Uh, yes, there's a lot of focus on Xavi and the fact that this Barcelona doesn't look like anything really. He's, he's not building anything. You don't really know what's um, what's up with the team, what you see at Girona with a clear idea. Even Antwerp had a clear idea what they what they wanted to do. Barcelona right now improvises constantly. That's not what Xavi tried to do with it. So yes, criticism of Xavi are justified, but he's in a weak position. The chairman never wanted him to be the manager of Barcelona. In fact, the suggestion of Laporta was first the B, the manager of the B side. And also Deco, the new director of football, doesn't think that Xavi is the one that's going to take Barcelona to the next level. Yeah. He thinks Rafa Marquez is.
0: Huh.
5: But anyway, uh, in any case, what it is, is people thinking Ooh. differently about what has to be done next. And that includes the players. Not everybody's with Xavi either. When that happens... All the stories start coming out, and you can't imagine what kind of stories like. Oh, they don't train very well. Physically, they're not great. Players are not with the manager. What is the manager doing? And a lot of stuff that uh, is on the back of a lack of trust in the direction of the team.
4: Well, it was pretty evident. You didn't even need to have that Royal Antwerp loss <laughs> after the Girona loss who, by the way, talk about team in construction, Girona lost a lot of their best players in the summer and managed to play and outplay Barcelona at their home. But, Guillaume, the dichotomy in narrative between Xavi, Deco, come two completely different stories post that Girona lost, and Barca has always prided themselves on how you win, the beauty in how you get the win. But Barcelona not only is playing bad, because if it was one thing you'd be playing bad and winning, they're playing bad and losing important games. Well, they played bad and they won against Real Sociedad. That was a it, match where I was like, right. wow,
3: they played bad, they won.
4: Now you're playing but, bad and you're losing. And now the story's changing and people within the same club are talking in two different directions. Or
5: oh, three, or oh, four. And that's the worst <laughs> thing What that what when that happens in a, in a team, you put the example of Jonah. everybody from the chairman, director of football, the players, the manager, they all think the same way. And that's why it's working. They select the players that work with that way. And they play, uh, they add layers if you like, because now they're finding themselves in a new place. You don't all of a sudden competing for the league. It's unbelievable. But Mitchell said, just before the Barcelona game, let's see if we have that in ourselves. Yes, they do. In the case of Chavi, they don't seem to be adding anything. In fact, with the lack of trust on the manager, and that's the biggest problem in any side, they're losing uh, some of the stuff that they had. So they don't really know what they're playing at. And that is really bad when you are talking about somebody in Xavi that wanted to advance on the Pep Guardiola ideal, the, idea, or the group idea of positional football and pressure high and possession football. And none of it seen consistently enough. It's really bad. I'm not saying Xavi is not capable of turning this around. What I'm saying is, I'm not sure people in the club will let him turn that around.
0: Uh, Guillaume, I want to ask you about Porto uh, beating Shakhtar. Obviously, a big game for Porto. They've had success in the Champions League before, but you've seen them now uh, in person. I've, I said this yesterday. They have a forty-year-old. Uh, center-back, who's still playing incredibly well. You got, uh, what's his name, Wenderson Galeno had an incredible game. Uh, what do you think about this team? Do you think they can actually go much further than this round of
5: 16? The whole story of, uh, of that game, because, of course, played, they played against Chaka Donetsk, was a lot uh, about Chaka Donetsk. And that's, that's probably my fault and, and the producers' fault at CBS, because we were fascinated about the possibility of Chaka Donetsk making it into the, the next round, when actually the target was Europa League, and they were already there. Uh, so we um, we spoke to Marina Pusic for the game, for the CBS coverage, and, and it was all about, uh, it'd be amazing if you do it. And we were rooting for them. But instead, what we saw, and I already told the story in 30 seconds at the last time for the live show, what I saw was a porter that was very solid side. Yes, they considered three goals, and actually, uh, I think some of the players uh, talking to them afterward, they were saying that that left a little bit of a mix feeling about the game. Yeah, they qualify for the next round, but they shouldn't concede three goals. It's just that Chaka, especially in the second half, they went 1v1 at the back, 2v2 sometimes, 3v2, so it was a very open game. That's how Chaka, yes, score goals, but that's also how Porto, which I'm saying, is a solid side, is a serious team with everywhere you look, there is, there is quality, there is know-how, there is experience, and that's, Gives you the opportunity, depending on the draw, of making it even into the quarters. It was the, um, I think, the sixth time out of seven in which they qualified to the knockout stages, uh, and that is a sign of a team that knows how to how to do that. So we hadn't looked too much on Porto, but they do have quality. And out of all of them, yeah, of course, Pepe scored again. No player in the history of the Champions League had scored goals after being 40. He's done it twice and he's done it this season. Uh, he get, got injured at the end, so that's why we couldn't talk to him. But in any case, he'll be ready in February to um, to disturb the uh, the attackers of whatever team for face.
4: Guillaume, let's talk about the Spanish teams, the only country to have their four teams in the next round, obviously, with the exception of Sevilla, who finished dead last in the group. But they made the Champions League because they won Europa League. Regardless, we know about Real Madrid. We know about Barcelona. But... What about La Real Sociedad? It feels like they're a very under-the-radar team for the greater Europe with Imanol Alguacil. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing in them and their potential in the Champions League.
5: Let's, let's add uh, the fact that actually they finished top of the group, the four the four teams that have qualified, top of the groups, which uh, it's a sign of a, of, of, of a nation that knows who to compete. We may not have uh, the same kind of money in Europe, in market purposes, but we know how to compete. And out of all of those, as you say, Real Sociedad is special. Imanola Guazil is somebody that could manage Barcelona. I've got no doubt about it. If he didn't love Real Sociedad so much, former Real Sociedad player, former Real Sociedad uh, manager who didn't want to be in the first team as a manager when he was given the chance the first time, second time round, he felt, yeah, I'm ready. I'm. oh God, he's ready not only qualify Real Sociedad for the Champions League, they do it in a wonderful way. There is This is about, yes, Ollar scoring goals, like you see here. Kubo, he's got quality. Mikel Merino in the midfield as well. Uh, Tuimendi, Mendy, Tubeldia. These are players that many won, but it's about the collective. And Imanola have got no problem. You don't do what he's su- supposed to do to actually get you out and put somebody else. They have been signing very cleverly what they have been needing. And some of the money they spend is big money, uh, but not compared to, say, the Premier League. What you've got here is a team that uh, more than more than the individuals, it's, it's a side that knows how to win as well. They went to Milan, and Milan, Inter Milan will be one of the difficult sides, those that have finished second, that the big teams will, will face. And yet they competed so well, got the draw, they needed to actually be top of the group. So well done, Real Madrid. Uh, for me, I, know, I think it's maximizing the potential of, of this team and getting the consistency and improving the level uh, in an in a, in a upward uh, trajectory that's wonderful.
2: Uh, Guillaume, Nico just uh, did a little sleuthing and we discovered that how long? 11 so, hours?
4: Yeah, if you leave 11 now. 11 hours. If you leave PM. now from Porto. 11 hours, 17 minutes you'll get
5: to, to <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> Well, Nick, I've got the taxi driver working outside. He thinks he's taking me to the airport. <laughs> if I convince him to actually drive for 11 hours and then come back.
2: It's going to be a heck of a fare. Um, all right, well, Guillaume, I know that you've, uh, you do have a flight to catch, so, so we'll let you be on your way. But thank you so much for taking the time to, to join us this morning. We really appreciate it. Safe travels.
5: Thank you, Suzanne. Talk to you soon. <laughs>
2: All right, guys, we are going to take a quick time out. Stefano will be back with some headlines when we return. Stay with us, everyone.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: Welcome back Well, Charlotte FC has a brand new head coach in Dean Smith and yesterday their social media team posted this photo of him signing the contract but if you zoom in you can see the specifics which include you're the head coach of Charlotte FC confirmed. You are the head coach of Charlotte FC. You'll be on the touchline for Charlotte FC matches and Sir Minty is allowed to have a recurring weekly meeting with you. <laughs> you agreed to one TikTok a month as deemed necessary by the social team. Um, this is amazing. This is just very well played by Charlotte you FC. You
0: see the top, it says Charlotte FC, very official head very coach Very official contract. head coach contract. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: this is so this is great. good. This is so good.
0: I'm...
4: Actually, surprised that they didn't put a clause in there that says you shouldn't in a media scrum say that we're screwed publicly. <gasps> yeah.
2: <gasps> Which is in exactly Spanish. what happened. Yeah. Don't do Strange. with the don't do with the first head Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. did with, I tell you? Without was, even being asked. I was there when that happened. Oh, you were there? Were I was you? Present.
4: Oh wow, how
2: that go? I was go? present, <laughs> so he, he says it, and I was with Kaelin Carr, and we looked at each other, and we were like, like did. Did he say that? Did he really say that? Wow. And we thought, well, this is going to be mm-hmm. an interesting ride for mm-hmm. this club. So, yeah, that's, that's what happened. Um, and it didn't end well for Miguel Angel. Is that what it was? Miguel Ramirez? Ramirez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, did not end well. So, uh, Dean Smith, good luck to you, my friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. just don't, don't throw your team under the bus before the season even starts. That's, my, that's he, my one piece of advice.
0: I wonder if he's seen Sir Minty and what his thoughts are. <laughs> he,
3: his son actually went to NC State. Really? Played college soccer for NC State. Wolfpack. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting, so he mm-hmm. has a connection then yes. to the state. Okay, well yeah. that's good to know. Great intel. So I was, I was calling games
3: Bojangles? And, calling his, and his son was pretty
0: good. So yeah. Yeah. What position do you know? Yeah, he was a def- defender. Ah.
2: Amazing. Um, Thanks, Charlie. Good nugget. Um, For more nuggets, let's send it on over to Stefano, who's got some headlines for us. Good morning, Stefano. Great to see you. Good
1: morning. Good to see you guys again. I wonder if Dean Smith... uh had like a Nico style dance when he after he signed that contract. Do we, do we think that? Yeah, oh. he got into it, oh.
0: grinding oh. on Sermenti. Yeah, yeah.
4: Oh. Uh, these he doesn't need to show his moves to escape relegation in MLS. Did you uh, say grinding
1: oh.
2: on Sermenti.
1: <laughs> yeah, dog. Uh. Right, let's get uh, let's get into.
2: Some. Wow. <laughs>
1: I love it. <laughs> Let's get into some <laughs> headlines before this uh, goes even more off the rails. We start with an update on one of the most scandalous stories in soccer in the past week. The Turkish Soccer, soccer Federation. Chairman confirmed earlier today that Turkey's first division will resume play on Tuesday, ending a one-week suspension of play following the on-field attack on a referee by a club president. Ankara Guju president Faruk Koja was arrested for punching Turkish referee Khalil Umut Meler after Ankara Guju's late draw with Rizespur. Meler was released from the hospital on Wednesday with a black eye, but no other health issues were reported. In international soccer news, Peru has fired head coach Juan Reynoso after a terrible start in World Cup qualifying. The Peruvians are sitting in last place in the South American World Cup qualifying with just two points from six matches. Reynoso took charge in 2022, replacing Ricardo Vareca, who led Peru to their first World Cup in 36 years in 2018. In other coaching news, Bruce Arena's time away from Major League Soccer could be coming to an end. According to a report by Fox Sports, the winningest head coach in MLS history is set to be reinstated by Commissioner Don Garber, clearing the way for him to take one of the remaining available head coaching jobs in the league. Arena stepped down as New England Revolution head coach last season after an investigation found that he had made insensitive and inappropriate remarks. The 72-year-old has been linked to the vacant D.C. United head coaching position, and Arena-led D.C. United United to back to back MLS Cup titles in 1996 and 97. In other MLS news, the New York Red Bulls are reportedly closing in on becoming the latest team to fill their head coaching vacancy. According to a report by The Athletic, the Red Bulls are set to hire German coach Sandro Schwartz as their new head coach. Huh? Schwartz? <laughs> Sandro Schwarz most, recent, most recently served as a head coach of Hertha Berlin last season ah. he was fired before the season concluded mm. with Hertha Berlin eventually being relegated the Red Bulls fired head coach Gerhard Struber in May of last season and Troy Lassane took over leading the club to the postseason but his contract was not renewed after the season. In more MLS-related news, the Houston Dynamo and St. Louis City will face off in the first round of the CONCACAF Champions Cup, with the winner taking on MLS Cup champions Columbus Crew in the tournament's round of 16. That all-MLS bracket headlined the Champions Cup draw, which took place last night, and featured a record 10 MLS teams learning their paths in the competition. The Philadelphia Union will face Costa Rican giants Deportivo Saprissa. The Vancouver Whitecaps take on Mexican powerhouse Tigres, and Nashville SC will meet Dominican side Mocha with a chance to face Leo Messi and Inter Miami in the round of 16. All right, Alexis, I hear that you're the leader in this uh, betting segment. You are uh, are the the new leader in this betting segment that you guys hear on Morning Footy. Uh, So who... So who is you know of the ten MLS teams? Who would you put your money on Ooh. to win this Champions Cup?
0: Oh, I'm actually in second place. Jimmy is still oh. in the lead, unfortunately. Uh, At this but that's desk just for got it, got it. That's uh, facts on this desk. Ooh, who would I bet? Um, wow, this is a tough question. I would say Philadelphia Union seem like a type of team that can handle. Being in two different competitions, Charlie, I know, agrees with me. Um, <laughs> I think that that team feels like the type of club that can handle being in these two different competitions. No one agrees with me on the table, uh, on you. the desk. Um, I, it, it, it just, it,
4: it's just the same trend every year, right? I know. Where do you, how many eggs do you put in which basket?
2: Okay, so do let's think, the think union about. You think that
0: you not have the depth. Um, depends on what, obviously, we're doing in the middle of roster changes right now. so we'll Right now, see. do you think they have the depth? Um, if we go back to the team they had last season, uh, before the end of the season, maybe not the depth, but I think Jim Curtin is smart enough to figure out how to be able to play in both competitions.
2: So, Seattle. What MLS team
0: really does have the depth? Sorry to interrupt. What MLS team really has the depth, though? That's been a big issue for MLS because of the cap. Uh, going on for years now, that certain other leagues, especially in Mexico, really don't have the same constraints.
3: You, you wouldn't say Inter Miami are the favorites going into this one?
0: No.
4: Inter Miami have got to be the favorites going into this one. They'll, yeah. meet, they'll meet up against Monterrey if, if they get to the, the quarterfinal, and that'll be a big test. They obviously have to probably go through Monterrey and Tigres. That, that's a big one. I mean, from all the MLS clubs, a favorite? Having it depends Messi, on having what the cover you have.
2: It,
4: it, and it's a cup. And well, they're, what, they're going that's... to prioritize. Concacaf Nations for Cup. sure. That's a, to, a with a chance of going to the Club World Cup afterwards. Th- this is with what Messi they, mm-hmm. with
3: the, it, L- Luis Suarez potentially. So this is this is because what they. This saw, is why you bring in top players only, to win a competition. The only like this, te-
2: yeah. the only MLS team that has won in this iteration of Concacaf Champions Cup is the Seattle Sounders, mm-hmm. and that was the same year that they did not make the postseason for the first time in 11 seasons. Right. So right. it's like they put all of their attention on winning this competition. I
3: I bet you they wouldn't change a thing. But how do you
4: think I'm in the club world cup. Cup. And and Messi to go back to the club world cup, Mm -hmm. especially being in the United States when it's the bigger one representative of almost like a Mm -hmm. world cup as we know it style. For me, they're the favorites. And it's it's, Cincinnati? No,
3: it's not even even close in my opinion. Especially if they lose Brandon Vazquez. With with Tata uh, Martino. You have Luis uh, Luis Suarez potentially come in, Jordi Alba, Busquets, and Messi. uh, Healthy Messi. You're always going to be the favorite if you have Messi on the pitch.
0: Obviously, you have Messi on the pitch. I don't know. Their age, Luis Suarez is showing up with half of one knee. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the rest of them are still. Apple, one Ian still was the top. Obviously, first. yeah. I mean, look. The kid's got, but he even said he's got to get injections before every match. He's, he can't get off the couch. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as the age, <laughs> the as far as the uh, the age is concerned, he uh, that might play that might play negatively into Inter Miami. And also, how does how do you think Apple and MLS feel? About them prioritizing that competition versus the the domestic competition. Sports, Sports. I get it. Hey, I get it. Sports. I get it. Sports. I'm just saying. Um, There's gonna be a lot of pressure on this. Do you know
2: what else is crazy though? LAFC is not one of these teams mm-hmm.
0: that's yeah. competing. Yeah. Crazy. Made
2: it to the final, made it to MLS Cup final. Like it, that yeah. that's wild. You know who
4: is competing? Who? A team from Suriname who won the Caribbean Cup get called
0: out of here. Robin Hood.
2: <gasps> Let's Robin go. Hood.
0: This is what I'm all about. That's it. The strongest Robin We're Hood. Backing what is it, Ruben Kazan? Is there another one? There's like a, what is it? Was okay. like okay. Jorge it like Wunderstund, Wenderman? Figure it out during a break. Figure it out during a break. Shouts to Calvary FC in the Canadian out. Premier League. More champions Go. League reaction
2: when we come back. Stick around.
3: <laughs> this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
2: Welcome back. Well, we are putting a bow on the group stage of Champions League. Here's a look at the teams advancing to the round of 16. We've got two... POTS, two POTS, people. We've got the group winners and the teams that came in second place in said groups. So in the interest of banter, uh, we're gonna take a very early look at who could be facing each other in the knockout rounds. And just a reminder, teams from the same country can't face each other and teams that played against each other in the group stage cannot be drawn against each other as well. Mm -hmm. Got it? Mm -hmm. Got it, all right, so. Looking at these teams, if you are one of the teams in pot one, if you were a group winner, which teams from the group of second place finishers would you not play? You don't want to, want to play Inter.
3: No, that. Inter is a team you want to avoid at all costs. If you're looking at this draw, you're just saying, anybody but Inter, for real. Seriously. Mm-hmm. It, they're that, they're that you're good. You all yeah. agree. Yeah. And PSG, obviously. That would be the second, but you're not, you're not like,
4: oh no, like we're done for. Inter, it's like, oh. I don't know, with, with PSG, if you're like a, mm-hmm. if you're, for example, a Atletico Madrid de Real Sociedad, mm-hmm. a, and a Dortmund can play PSG. PSG, Arsenal, defensively, okay. have been shocking. I've, look, I agree with you 100%. If we're talking Champions League okay. winning caliber. I, I agree with you 100%. From here to mid-February, Mm-hmm. Is a very long time. You got that right. And teams can you can have a facelift in in four months in what is in, happening in two today? two and a half months. Okay, tell me when you guys are done, and I'll. I love a, this is my a, favorite. We'll Nico, serious.
0: Nico's like, are we not going to be serious? Yeah. Um, I I I agree with you, but inter, inter they have been practically impenetrable defensively. That is not a team you want to face, especially at mm. home. That is going to be really tough. I think PSG as yes second place. They, we've seen them falter before. So do, you at least know, do you know the last like time Inter lost? Lost, <laughs> full stop. Yeah,
4: the final. September. Who did they lose to?
3: Sassuolo. September twenty-seven. Wow. wow. And then before
4: that, it probably was the final. Definitely so, was the final.
3: When I say Inter is a team you do not right. want to play, that is a team you don't want to play mm-hmm. because of their identity, because of defensively very tough to break down. Also in part two, uh, part one, sorry. Real Sociedad, a team that has only given up two goals. They've only conceded two goals. It's a very, when you talk about a unit, a team that plays really well with each other, understands defensive responsibilities, Real Sociedad is another team that I wouldn't want to get if I'm in part two. Well, if I'm in part two,
4: that's the thing about finishing in part two. It's, your rival is going to be very difficult either way. It's going to be world-class either way. Look at every single team in part one.
5: Who's the is weakest a, is, team in part one? Give Dorm- me, Dortmund? Yeah, Dortmund is form? probably the Dorman. weakest. Or, or, or even Barcelona. Barcelona.
0: Barcelona. In, yeah, but if mm-hmm. Barcelona form, turns it on, right. they, have this, they have the talent. Dortmund, this is then turned on. This is, if I'm
4: thinking about it, this, must, this is the first time that Xavi coaches in knockout stage with Barcelona. Because when he arrived, they went to Europa League and last year they went to Europa League. So, now pressure's really on. And Barcelona, again, in two and a half months' time, you can have a facelift in that time, with a transfer window, finding form. Bro, Barcelona Dor- finished
0: top of their group. We're talking about them like they, they got bumped out. It's it, crazy. Right, yeah.
4: and, and, and Dortmund it's crazy. also can change a lot mm-hmm. of form. We don't know where Arsenal's going to be in, in that time. We don't know where Real Sociedad is going to be. There are certain teams that I have faith in. Real Madrid.
0: <laughs> Uh, Bayern Munich to stay, for example. Have, would you say we've seen the best of Real Sociedad? Mm-hmm. The, their best form?
4: Yeah.
3: I, would I think, say. I think yes. we have.
0: Would you say we've seen Dortmund's best form? No. No. No? No. no they have I think, a much higher ceiling. I actually think we've seen the best that this, this squad can play. But when it comes to teams like maybe Arsenal, Real Madrid... Uh, a Barcelona it feels like there's still there's still something left there's still more we can see there's still a higher caliber in uh, Real Madrid's uh, example it's also because of injury there's so many players that are out when they're at full, well, at full squad it's gonna be an incredible team to watch but when it comes to uh, Dortmund I feel like we've seen the most when we've seen Barcelona I'm not exactly sure what else Xavi can do here. They have an ex- extreme amount of talent. I'm just not sure if he's able to bring them together. Start winning games. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's but they finished top of the group. This is crazy.
3: Two bad losses They're missing here. Ter Stegen big time. Yeah. Yeah. They need to
4: get Ter, Ter
3: Stegen back and healthy.
4: And they don't. But they don't know the extent of that back injury from Ter Stegen, and that's why Iñaki Pena actually came in pretty clutch in, in the last couple of games, but he's definitely not Ter Stegen. In some moments, he did win you games, like, uh, against Porto, he had an incredible performance. And
3: against Antwerp? Right, but I don't think that's necessarily his fault. Maybe
4: they pass it the back to Oriol Romeo.
3: Romeo was really poor. Yeah. And think about, that was a, a signing
4: for them. From Girona. Yeah. Obviously, they fielded a team that is not their, their ideal 11. But again, like, look, this is a great example. Napoli was the best team in Italy last season. You know how much time there is to change from here <laughs> to then? <laughs> Napoli could be a force. Napoli could be a force. Do you expect them to be a force? I don't know. But do they have the potential to be? They lost the, they lost the man who orchestrated
3: that team, and they lost their best center back. It's not the same thing at all. <sighs> right now, it's not the same thing
4: at all. I'm just saying. Hey,
3: a uh, year before maybe that, it's they not lost gonna, it a long time. Maybe it's okay, not going to be Napoli. To
2: I want you guys to, to pick your, the matchup that you think would be the most fun. Oh. oh. yes, PSG.
3: PSG. And Real Madrid. Ooh. Just because the Mbappé saga. Mm. Oh, I like that. Storyline. Good
2: narratives. Mm.
3: Give it to me all day. That
2: is that's tasty.
0: I like that. I'm gonna that. say I'm gonna say Bayern Leipzig would be fun to watch. You can't You can't do that. Oh that's right cuz they're in the same country Bayern PSG. <laughs> uh, I was just realized Leipzig is in Germany. Uh, wait, it's not eastern the Germany, it's East Germany. East um, <laughs> <Germany. laughs> how, how about uh uh Rassos, so that versus Copenhagen. I think would be fun. Two teams that want to play electric want to want a good them. Shot. But,
4: Wow, that's a great shout! Because then we'll have one of those in the quarterfinal, which will be amazing for, for the Champions League.
2: Of the of the teams in, in pot two, who do you who could be one of the su- sort of surprise teams? I'm not talking about like an Inter or a PSG, but who could which team could from the first surprise? pot from pot two? Pot two. Oh, maybe PSV. I would go Leipzig. Leipzig, yeah.
0: Leipzig have the talent. I think Inter essentially are, are of the quality of pot one anyway. But I think PSV. PSV have there's Paz a lot of v. yeah there's a lot of the yeah, Pezve. Uh, a lot of skill, a lot of, uh, and plus to see three Americans. I was going to say,
3: Leipzig beat Dortmund, right, just recently mm-hmm. in Bundesliga. Um,
4: Leipzig do have that potential to take it up a notch, I think. Uh, well, they, have, they have some good depth pieces. Recently we're in a Champions League semi-final, they know what this is about. They've been, they've been a little bit up and down. They started the season off really well and they kind of skipped the step and now they're back
0: in good form. Do um, you think Germany would implode if Leipzig <laughs> won Champions League? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of Germans you would sounded be so, very yeah.
4: unhappy. Yeah. They sell F-R-B-L. you L- supposed to say, yeah. y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, PS, PSV, though, it's crazy because they haven't lost domestically, and I was a little bit wary of them after they got pummeled by Arsenal at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was their only loss all season. Did they not lose again in the they have uh, not the no. lost in league play so they're they're 12-0-0 yeah. um they're they're perfect this is the real test mm-hmm. excuse me 15-0-0 this is the real test where's where is dutch football really at psv prove it in the in the next round.
0: it's going to be interesting it is
2: going to be interesting draws monday Mm. Giddy up, y'all. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are looking at some very early MLS odds for next season. Which team do we think has the best odds to win MLS Cup? Lil!